Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Well, the Maple Leafs uh, falling to the Winnipeg Jets by a score of 4-3. to three. This loss coming in regulation. Leafs now on a three-game losing streak. The first three-game skid of the season. And the first time in the Keefe era that the team has lost three straight in regulation. To be joined with me to chat about tonight's game is the wonderful Tony Ferrari, managing editor over at Dauber Prospects. Tony, how are we feeling? Uh, it's one of those games where I'm trying not to get too down on them because you look at everything and it really did come down to the goalies in this one, but man, it does suck to see the, the first three game loss or three game streak, uh, of the season. And, and like you said, of Keith's era. So it, it stings, but I'm trying not to get too, too down on the team overall. Well, I, I think it's, it's interesting because, you know, one loss to Vancouver, it's like, okay, everyone has a bad night. You know, we, the goalie was amazing, right? Demko was played out of his mind that night. And then the second game is like, ah, the Leafs just missed on a couple of opportunities. They're still, you know, whatever. It was a long road trip, the fifth game and like eight nights or something like that. Ah, whatever, all good. But then they get back home, couple days off, and they lose to the Winnipeg Jets. Now it's three games in a row. Is there some sort of concern starting to creep in here that maybe this Leafs team isn't as good as we thought they were? See, I, I don't know. I, I'm concerned because a three-game losing streak always sucks. Like, it, But I think Zach Hyman, after the game, said it best. Is And, and this is just a quote from him after the game. He goes, I, I think we're in a good spot. All teams go through adversity. We want to bounce back, and we're not happy about it, obviously. Uh, we have to be better, but we've every team faces adversity during the year, and it's a good thing to go through a little. And, and I think that's a good perspective to take on it because – like we we look at the Leafs the last few years where they kind of waltz into the playoffs and it's not necessarily uh, a hard road because they know where they are kind of by January in most of the last couple of years. So it, it, this is kind of good that they got that cushion. They're getting some adversity now. I, I really don't see it as a huge area of concern because like when you look at everything, whether it's high danger chances, shots, possession, everything they did tonight, they possessed. Uh, Winnipeg completely and and they really should have won this game except for the fact that sometimes the goalie battle is what loses you the game and that's what happened tonight I I, I, exactly like like I feel that the Leafs executed their game plan like pretty well tonight you know they they scored first they outchanced Winnipeg they played them pretty tight defensively they didn't give up much in terms of high danger chances high danger shots but some bad bounces one bad line change and stellar goaltending out of Connor Hellebuck and they walk away empty-handed without two points. But, you know, when you look at that game as its as its own little thing, Toronto probably should have won. Like, their the, the play is strong right now. And I think it's just – and I think uh, it was Mike Johnson who actually said this to me on Monday. He said, 
Whenever things going your way early in the year, you know, things, you know, you're getting the bounces, you're getting uh, those tips in front, things are going off other players' bodies, you're just getting everything's going in the right direction for you. Eventually, it's going to correct itself where the bounces are going to go against you. And I think that's what we're seeing here with Winnipeg, right? I think we saw that to an extent in, in Vancouver where it was a bad, you know, a really solid goaltending. And then, you know, the, the Leafs just missed on a couple of opportunities. Tonight, we saw what? Three out of the four goals, I think, came off of, uh, well, the first two came off of deflections. There was whatever the heck Matthews was doing, some ballet thing where he was trying uh. to do a <laughs> stick in his leg. I don't know what he was doing, what he was thinking. But anyways, uh, you know, the first couple of goals to me, um, there's not much that Freddie can do. The third goal, that was a, just a really nice play by Nick Ehlers in behind the net to to feed it out to Kyle Connor. Justin Hall kind of puck watching a little bit, didn't pick up his man. And really, maybe the, the, the Mason Appleton goal, the one that made it 4-2, Freddie probably could have had, should have had. Um, but ultimately, like, although Freddie allowed four goals on 23 shots, I didn't think he played, like, awful. There wasn't a lot of, like, he didn't have to be amazing. There wasn't many high, da- I think they have, what, five high danger chances the entire night. So there wasn't many, like, whoa, wow, what a stop by Freddie. He was just kind of did his thing, but he wasn't horrible. Yeah, and I think that's completely true because, like, like you said, it was a lot of defensive errors, and I tweeted it out during the game. And on two of the goals, you see Leafs defensemen laying on their stomachs or laying on their backs trying to block a pass. And you know we hate I, that. We I hate that hate so that. much because <laughs> even when you make the play, the puck hits you, the, the guy makes a mistake because that's the best you can hope for at that point is for them to shoot the puck into you. So even when you make that play, it's not like you're in a position to get up and move the puck up ice. You you have to get up. They're going to have the puck back, and then you're re, re-engaged in the battle. It's just a pointless play to me. Um, TJ Brody, I, I love the guy, but he made that play at one point. Morgan Riley again on another one, and it, it was but, just but a, a little bit of, of a rough night. It's both of them that keep doing that. I'm like, I'm not seeing this out of Muzzin. I'm not seeing it out of Hall. It's really those two specifically that I'm seeing that are doing it consistently, like as if that's their go-to is is to try and slide to block the puck as opposed to staying on your feet and actually, you know, playing hockey. I, I don't understand like why they keep doing this. It's it's not working. They've been, you know, they've been abused a couple of times by that mistake. Honestly, for me, I, I think it's partially due to a desperation. And, and with those two guys, it's it's a different reason each of them get desperate. With Riley, he gets desperate just because he's so lackadaisical at times defensively that he can just get walked. And that's what happened today where he has to dive out, try to reach back for the pocket. And that's where he ends up on the ice. And then he's completely out of the play. Whereas with TJ Brody, sometimes it's the fact that he's getting hung out to dry. And that's what happened on that play is right. there was a really, really bad change at the uh, Leafs bench and, and the puck went right through and the, the Jets had a big rush, odd man rush. And TJ Brody was the only man back initially. He goes down to try to take up as much space as he can. But realistically, he should just either commit to covering the pass or because that guy was so far into the zone, commit to the puck carrier because you can drive him into the corner and, and really disrupt the play that way. So it it was a dumb play, but I think those two are always doing it out of desperation. And and like I said, it's it, two very different reasons. Morgan Riley is just because he's not necessarily paying attention defensively. And, and with TJ Brody, he's just trying to get back because a lot of times he's the last man back and it's hard to defend an on-man rush sometimes. So uh, I don't hate it as much when Brody does it, but it did look bad on him today. 
RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write locked on on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Uh, a couple other defensive laps on the night. I kind of poked some fun at it a little bit earlier, but uh, not a good night for for Justin Hall. You know we've we've praised him quite a bit here on this podcast, uh, but you know we we got to be fair and honest here. And when he's not having a great night, I think we got to call it out. And, and tonight, not a good night at all. You know, caught puck watching on that uh, on that Connor goal instead of picking him up. Made a couple other other errors tonight. Um, not his best performance uh, out of Justin Hall. And he was somebody who pregame, I, I spoke about this with Ken Stapon. I said, this is going to be a big test for him because whichever line that he ends up getting matched up with, whether it is the Connor line or the Shifley line, this is going to be a big test because they are super, super uh, deep and they're skilled and they're a good hockey team. And they're going to get a tough matchup tonight. And he was going to have a tough time shutting down whoever he ends up. And he didn't, uh, he, he wasn't up for the task today. Yeah. I, I've been a big fan of Justin Hall all year and I don't want to harp on him too much, but yeah, it's been a bad couple games for him now. I want to say it's about four or five games where he hasn't quite looked as good as he did early in the year. And early in the year, he was fantastic, but there's been a couple games, I think twice in the Vancouver series and now a couple times tonight where he was just victimized on goals. And I don't know if it's just getting overworked or what it is or, or something. Maybe maybe Muzzin's just not playing up to where he's been um, at previous times. And he really was carrying that pairing more than we all thought kind of with Justin Hull's emergence. But uh, maybe Muzzin's having the, the fishbowl is kind of impairing him. But yeah, Justin Hall just really isn't playing up to that same level. And I mean, when the puck's on his stick, he's still making a lot of really good plays, moving it up ice. And, and I love the fact that he's able to do that on that pairing because uh, having two guys on a pairing that can at least get the pucks to the forwards is really important. And I think that's why TJ Brody's helped Morgan Raleigh so much. But yeah, Justin Hall, defensively away from the puck the last few games, it's been a, a little bit uh, questionable decisions, that's for sure. Yeah, not great, not great. Another guy who I felt was kind of invisible tonight. You know, I... I, I William Nylander, did, did he do anything today? <laughs> like, and, I, I felt like I didn't I, I hear actually, him at all yeah. on the broadcast. Like he, he did absolutely nothing. I think uh, taking a look at the at the event summary here, he had two shots on goal. Not really sure when that happened, but like really nothing the entire game. Yeah, it was a weird night for Nylander because I felt when he was doing good things. He was making plays to the center, to the middle of the ice. He was he was kind of driving plays, and he, I, there was a number of times he set up John Tavares, and there was a couple of times he set up Marner on the power play, where he was making these really good plays, but then he would just disappear for two shifts, three shifts. And, and uh, you guys know me; I, every time I come on here, I'm always singing William Nylander's praises, and he's been good lately. But it, it was one of those nights where I think uh, he was creating more offense for his teammates than he was for himself. And at times that means he's passing up shots. And there was a couple times where I'm like, man, Willie just shoot from there. Cause you have a good shot, man. But he was 
being unselfish with the puck for whatever reason. I, I, I've heard he's battling an injury somewhat, not necessarily the same degree as Austin Matthews, but I, I don't know, man. Like, Willie needs to shoot that puck more because he's got a good shot. And it, as good as the plays he's making are, sometimes Alex Kerfitt's just not going to finish a play like that. Oh, 100%. Like, he's got the nickname Bill Nye the Wrist Shot Guy for a reason. Utilize that thing, man. Come on. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's do the three stars of the game and then continue talking about the Leafs' 4-3 loss to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, stay tuned here on the Locked On Leafs podcast. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano with you, the host of this program. Uh, joining me is Tony Ferrari from Dauber Prospects as we recap the Lease 4-3 loss to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, this is now three straight games in regulation that Toronto has lost. The first time this has happened in Sheldon Keefe's tenure. Um, let's go through our three stars of the game. Let's start with your third star, Tony. Who you got? I think for my third star, this might come as a little bit of a, sh- I, I guess not because he did have three assists tonight, but Neil Pionk, the, the defenseman for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, th- there was a lot of times where Winnipeg Jets fans really weren't a huge fan of him because of the trade he came back in and stuff with Drew deal. But this kid's been really, really good this year. Every time Fantastic. I watch the Jets, he's been one of their most reliable defensemen. Um, I, I think his ability to just kind of move the puck, make every simple play, and he doesn't try to do too much. And and you've seen that today with all three of assists, his assists coming on just not necessarily a big play. He wasn't going for the home run. He was just making the simple play, jumping up, cutting off a pass, and, and making a good pass to a forward. So uh, Neil Pionk, and, and then when you look at his Corsi 4, like the entire Jets team was outshot today. But relative to his teammates, his Corsi percentage was 18% higher than, than the average teammate. So he just dominated tonight on that Winnipeg blue line. I really liked his game tonight. I've loved his game uh, really ever since he got to Winnipeg. He had, what, 45 points in, in 60-something games last year. Um, you know, he's doing the same thing again this year. He's up there. Uh, had three helpers tonight. He was also my third star of the game, actually. And uh, it's funny because he's not a household name. Uh, you know, I think you're right. There was a lot of kind of stench that came with Neil Pionk because he was basically a, a, the return for Jacob Truba, who was, you know, a number one uh, big-time defender in Winnipeg for so many years. And then you were getting Neil Pionk back, and it was like, uh, who is this guy? But to be honest with you, I, I mean, he's played better than Truba has <laughs> this season. Uh, I, I, we did uh, a t- a rankings last week, I want to say, on Overdrive, where I did my top seven defensemen in the Canadian division. I actually had Neil Pionk this season as the fifth best defenseman in the division. So I don't know if you got a take on that, but that just goes to show how much I have really liked Pionk's game this season. Man, I, I don't think you're far off base there, at least when we're going off just this season, because Pionk's been outstanding. Like I said, he's he's been able to just make the simple play, it, it, not necessarily to the same level as uh, Jake Muzzin or so, anything like that, because he's not the same physical player, but you see Jake Muzzin so many times just make the simple, the right play, 
every step of the way. And, and that's what Neo Pionk's done in, in Winnipeg this year. And I, I've really liked this game. Yeah, me as well. Uh, all right, your second star of the game. My second star is a little bit harder because I, I wanted to go with a leaf here, but I think I just got to go with Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think he was really, really good tonight. He He's just able to be that good, solid 200-foot center. He's a, he's a nuisance on the defensive end. He's physical. Um, he didn't necessarily dominate at either end of the ice tonight, but he didn't have to. He was just able to kind of keep things even keel in kind of neutralize whatever line he was up against tonight. And I, I thought he did a really good job. He's been a, an excellent acquisition since he got there. So um, Pierre Lake Dubois doesn't get a ton of credit in Winnipeg with, with other guys there and kind of people still upset that line A is not there anymore, but man, he, he's been good and he was really good in tonight's game too. Uh, for myself, I actually, I, I put a Maple Leaf here in my second uh my second one, and it's not someone who technically hit the goal sheet. You could say Austin Matthews had a couple of goals. You could also say Zach Hyman because you, know, you could put him in the top three stars any night because he's just such a great player. But for me, I actually liked what I saw to Mitch Marner tonight. I thought that he was buzzing. You know, This is somebody who I thought could have had four goals tonight. Like If it wasn't for the strong play of Connor Hellebuck, I think Marner legitimately could have had a hat trick. Like He had so many uh, great, amazing chances, and, and he played really well. So Marner to me, despite not putting the finish, uh, you know, on any of those opportunities, I thought that he was all over the place and and really gave Toronto a good opportunity to, I guess, get back into the game. Uh, but unfortunately, wasn't able to actually score. But had a fantastic game, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. Mitch had a really really good game, and you look at his, his on ice shot differential right now, and it is plus eleven for the night. And anytime you're out shooting the other team by eleven shots when you're on the ice, I think you're doing something well. The only guy I think that really uh, surpassed him was Austin Matthews and Jake Muzzin. So I mean, Mitch had a great game. He was buzzing out there, like you said, and, and I mean. Oh man, Hellebuck! I think we're both both about to talk about him, but man, he he had Stone Marner on so many occasions. Mitch Marner, uh, seven high danger chances for Marner <laughs> while out there on the ice tonight. Just one against, so a seven to one rating. Uh, just to goes to show how lethal he was when he was out there on the ice with uh, with Austin Matthews tonight, who also had a good game, mind you. But uh, Marner, you know, a great game. Can't say anything about it. But the reason why. He did not end up with the hat trick tonight is because our collective first star of the game, I'm assuming, <laughs> yeah, was Connor Hellebuck. Uh, this guy was fantastic tonight. Like the way that he took over that game, he was an absolute monster in net. The biggest reason why Toronto didn't walk away with two points tonight, the Leafs peppered him with 39 shots, 16 high danger chances, and uh, only allowed, well, two goals and then allowed that third one late. So, yeah, he technically allowed three goals, but it, it could have been a lot more than that. Yeah, I think you said it right there. He had 16 high danger shots against him. Um, 76% of the high danger shots in the game were against Connor Hellebuck. And, and that just goes to show how good he was. When you look at the shot maps and any all, all the little heat maps on various websites, the right in front of the, the Winnipeg net is completely red because the leaves were firing pucks there <laughs> mayday, all night long. Mayday, mayday, that was, that was Hellebuck exactly. all, all game long. Mayday, mayday. It was just all red. It's all heating up. Yeah, you're right. You're but right. man, he, he was so good. He was able to make every save, whether it was a desperation save or, or just saves that he seemed so calm in net making that you generally wouldn't expect a goalie to make. So, man, Hellebuck was just outstanding tonight. I can't You can't really knock him for any of the goals that he let in. No, he was uh, he he was great. Also, something that I guess we 
didn't quite chat about, and and I guess we we keep talking about the game here. Uh, what was Nathan Boyu doing on uh, on that first goal for Zach Hyman? Literally just like stepped out of his way and was like, "Here's a clear path to the net, Hyman." Like, what was that all about? Yeah, uh, that's Winnipeg's defense, and in reality, like Ooh. they they really do struggle defensively, and Connor Hellebuck makes up for a lot of their mistakes. I know. Uh, I, I was lo- looking at Jets Twitter a little bit after the game and as happy as they were about the win, they kind of ripped their defense because, man, they're just getting filled in like this every night. And, and Connor Hellebuck's a Vesna winning goalie and he, it's a reigning Vesna winner. But, man, it, can he do this for an entire season? How sustainable is this in reality? And Well, he did it last I, I year. Think, yeah, exactly. And I think fans are getting concerned that maybe they're going to wear them down. I mean, you look at every goalie that does this for a couple years in a row and it generally ends up falling off a cliff. I mean, we look at Carey Price now and he's just not the same goalie he was four or five years ago when he was being ridden the same way Connor Hellebuck's being ridden right now. So it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the Jets season goes. But I mean, you can't complain about a win, especially a win against the top ranked team in the division. No, definitely not. Um, but, you know, I think also just, you know, the, the Jets have to be just praising the fact that they got uh, Hellebuck back there. Oh, yeah. Because uh, the, the, that's why they win a lot of games. And it's funny. I, I look at this Jets team and the way that they play, the way that we just we talk about them, you know, so much top-end talent up front, you know, giving up a lot on the back end and, and having to get bailed out by their goaltending. It almost is reminiscent to the way that we talked about the Maple Leafs a season ago. Like, besides the... Vesna goaltender part and Connor Hellbuck, but you know, so like they so often uh, do extremely well in the offensive end, but then because they're giving up so much offensively, they're giving up a lot defensively. And that's just what it looks like is happening here in Winnipeg. The main difference between the Leafs and the Jets is the fact that Connor Hellbuck is a Vesna goaltender and Freddie was not and wasn't able to make those stops like Hellebuck is able to make. But uh, I I thought it's just kind of an interesting comparison between the two. All right, Tony, was there anything else about this game that kind of stood out to you tonight? Uh, Not really. This game was just one of those games where I think – I I don't like using the excuse you got goalied, but this really was one of those games because Hellebuck played out of his mind. Like you look at every flow chart, every game chart, every stat basically, it it says the Leafs should have won this game. Um, but expected goals don't win you the game, right? And, and, and right. that's at the, the story at the end of the day. And Freddie needs to be a little bit better. But like we said, none of these goals were really on him. It was just, I think it was one of those games where the hockey guards, gods were against you, like Zach Hyman said. You're, you're going to face adversity and you got to fight through it. And I think tonight was a perfect example of that. Now, now you get two more games against the Jets to bounce back. They're, if you don't win them, they're, they're going to surpass you in the standings. So you got to really do do the thing now and, and, and make these expected goals count and, and make them real goals because as much as I love analytics, you can't win a game on analytics alone. No, exactly. So it's it's – you know, it's it's just a, a tough pill you're gonna have to swallow tonight. You know, you're gonna win some games that uh, that you shouldn't, but you're also gonna end up losing some games that you should win. I think that's probably what you know this happened to be tonight. But it, it is a little worrisome the fact that now Toronto doesn't quite have that lead in the division as much as they used to. Now just a five point lead on Winnipeg, but Winnipeg still with two games in hand, and these guys play eight more times this season. So it's it's going to be uh, a tough, tough down the stretch between these two teams. They're both 
they, they just match up so well. And, and these are going to be great games. Um, and, and I am excited to watch them. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it's going to be a, a tough battle. Tough battle each and every night that these two teams end up going up against one another. Uh, Tony, thanks so much once again for joining me tonight. It was a pleasure as always. No problem, buddy. Anytime. That will do us for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You'd subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs and follow Tony at the Tony Ferrari on Twitter. If you guys want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four of the Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Uh, But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.